back with another episode of Don't Leave to the Judges Podcast. I'm here with my baby man, Patty Broken Skull. Patty. Chains. Chains of... I don't know the song. I was trying to do something different, and you know what? That's because we got to get over 20, you know, plays per episode. So we're re... You know, we're we're over here. We're busy. We're, we're, re, we're remodeling things, guys. Don't be mad at us that it's not always, you know, home runs. It's a different sport than what we talk about, but you get the analogy. It's there. Um... No fights, man. Truly, the weekend is not the same when there is no fights. I don't know what to do. I'm lost. I started watching like fucking old Bellator or a, a Bellator prelim or something. I don't know. I just needed to see somebody get punched. I eventually was down on a rabbit hole of bully beatdowns on YouTube, you know, because you're just looking for a little bit of that violence. It is Saturday, you know, it is Saturday. And we know about that. And I'm Irish, but. I want to talk about this, and this is always a fun thing to bring up on the show, okay? Because it is fighter-related, but this is the fighters who are just no longer with us, all right? They're not dead. No, not yet. But they're gone. They're dead to the organization. But here's the fun thing about being a UFC fighter. No matter where else you go, no matter where you end up, my friend, you're a UFC fighter. Every single, you know, when you see comedians get introduced on stage, right? This is the same thing that happens to, to UFC fighters. If you have a UFC credentials at all, they're going to mention it. Dude, if you're on a talk show, they're bringing up your UFC career. They're not going to talk about what you're doing in Bellator right now. <laughs> they're going to be like, ex-UFC fighter Brian Stan, you know, right? That's You're introduced that way. So for guys like Steven Peterson, forever a UFC fighter unless he really does build an organization that could compete. Uh, Guido Canetti. 43 years old. You know what I mean? Just not a good record. Came in and disappeared that quickly. This is a midlife crisis type of fighter when you really think about it. This is a guy who was like, I'm in good shape. Man, I, I thought you were going to bring up Tim Sylvia. It's where he's going with that. Oh, why? He just signed to some slap, slap fighting organization. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. And people were talking shit to him, man. And he was like, dude, my knees are gone. No, I could just stand there and slap people. What else do you expect me to do? I would be excited if I was like training to be a slap fighter. Like I, I would slap the shit out of Tim Sylvia. That would be fun. <laughs> That's a name, you know. Uh, let's see. Uh, and, and like you said, wherever he goes, ex UFC fighters now in the slap right. fight organism. So they're like, somehow it's going to be more intimidating because they're slapping. He used to be in the UFC. You're like, <laughs> yeah, but I get to hit him without him trying to stop me. <laughs> you know, that's the best. Hey, you want to want to win a fight really easy? Hit a guy who doesn't even do anything to stop it from coming. That's insane. That's why there should be more people enticed by this. It's not the fact that they're slapping. Fuck the slapping. It's the fact that you're getting slapped without being the, being able to put your hands up or move. I don't, I'd go against him. And then when the coin toss came and then I lost it, I'm out. He's not going first on me. I'm not taking that. Yeah, you're gonna do everything you can. <laughs> Right out of the gates to get that. You're, because your slap, if it doesn't put him away, is going to initiate a feeling in this guy that he's going to have to slap the shit out of me. Right? So it's this weird mental game, too, where it's like, I can't even fucking slap this. All right. Uh, Leo Mana Martinez, 27, record of uh, 10 and 4. Uh, she was on the 2020 season of Dana White's Contender Series. She went 2 and 2. Does it say she? Nope. It just said two and two. Uh, yeah, this is the dude that just recently lost to Cameron Samen. Mm -hmm. uh, Rafi, Rafael Alves, 
32, record of 20 and 12. Also appeared on the Contender Series, went one and three for the UFC and finished with uh, consecutive losses, Drew Dober and Nerulo Aliv. Well, this next one makes sense. These are guys that are all gone from the UFC. Gone but not forgotten. Uh, Leonardo Santos, 43. Seemed like he'd been around forever. What do you have? Uh, 11 fights in the UFC. 7-3-1. and one. That's not bad. But it's like, you're, what are you doing? Where are you going? Up or down? It doesn't matter at this point. Um, he finished with three straight losses, getting finished twice. Uh, I like this one. But also, why? You might as well keep Augusto Sakai. He's 31. There's 11 other fucking heavyweight fighters. You know what I mean? Get him in a real camp. He'll at least be fun to watch. You know, he's got a little bit of a name. And he's young. 31's young, man. Especially at heavyweight. Fuck out of here. Uh, let's see. He went 5-4 and four for the UFC and finished with a decision victory. So he won. And they're still like, goodbye. He, he came over from Bellatrix semi-successful. Now, I want to bring up before we continue, because I want you to talk a little bit about this uh, Jorge Masvidal business with uh, Kevin Holland. But something else here, Jorge Masvidal is quoted as saying the UFC is going to get sued if the brain-injured Colby Covington gets the next title shot. So uh, I guess he's saying that, uh, uh, I mean, from what I understand, I haven't looked too much into it because, man, I don't give a shit what happened at their restaurant. Colby Covington's at a restaurant. Remember he came, hit him from behind or whatever and fucking took off. Well, mm-hmm. I guess Covington's in court or court documents saying that he's uh, had a brain injury from that. You know, probably to get more fucking money. Or maybe he just had a concussion at the time. Who knows? But uh, <laughs> so Jorge's like, oh, a guy with a legit brain injury shouldn't be fighting for a championship. So, yeah, that's it's all. all very strange here. It says the reason that Jorge would uh, essentially seek legal action is because of this brain injury. But yet, how, how is Jorge being allowed to fight if he's got three pending felonies? <laughs> yeah, and he's trying to fight with Kevin Holland out in the hallway of the hotel. Right. That literally just took place a little while ago. Uh, security had to come pull them away from each other. Just talking shit, huh? Just talking shit. They claim they say no punches were actually thrown. Well, whoever that dumb bitch was that said at the end of her fucking fight when she retired that we all just need to be nice to each other and take care of fellow fighters, uh, she can eat a shoe, right? <laughs> fucking, what is she talking about? You're dumb. Everything, maybe it's because she said it that more fighters are like, nah, fuck all you guys, right? Or is she targeting one guy, Conor McGregor, who breaks his leg? Like, you know what I mean? Like, this, <laughs> He's not doing that shit anymore, guys. But he really did turn a table for everybody else, huh? Oh, shout out to Sam's brother, too, because I know you're listening. <laughs> Definitely. That's a fun thing to hear in a podcast when you don't expect it. Like, fuck, man. He, yeah, dude. <laughs> he does me. By himself, working. <laughs> you know, he's just, hell yeah. What's going on? Yeah, I, I got a feeling I, Kevin Holland's not going to fucking make weight. So now he's trying to start a bunch of shit. We just put that video out. He put a six-second video out about, oh, once a video gets put out, uh, a fight fighter's going to be gone, and the fight's going to be changed up, man. But anyway, I, I'd see he's he sent a message to uh, the guy he's fighting uh, and says, why don't we just not cut weight and go eat a steak? So, <laughs> so, so fight at 185. 
So that motherfucker, he's probably not going to make weight. So he's just trying to start as much trouble as he can. All right. And who's going to, who, how would they fight? Jorge goes up to 185 or, you know what I mean? I don't know. They'll probably fight some catch. But uh, right. who knows? Who knows what the hell's going on with Kevin Holland? He might need some, uh, some mental help. But hey, man, let's, um, what, what do you think of the people that endeavor the own UFC purchasing the WWE? Oh, I, I hate the gimmicks, like the fucking goofy gimmicks that they're doing where like, you know, uh, Robert Whitaker's dressing up like Hulk Hogan. Mm-hmm. Well, Alexander Volkanovsky is fucking dressed up like S- Steve Austin, not Stone Cold Steve Austin, because that was a weak ass attempt. <laughs> Stone Cold Steve Austin is well above high four. Yeah, I, I, I don't like any mixture, honestly, because the UFC, I wanted to keep it as legitimate as possible. I don't want it mixed up with fake fighting, and, and you know I don't mind wrestling. I watch AEW, but if the if the people from the UFC come in and pretend like they're fighting for real in the fake fighting organization when everybody knows it's fake, and it, I I don't know. I don't want no lines blurred. I, I'd like UFC is UFC, WWE is WWE. Right. Fucking UFC is fucking serious. There is no but, I'm gonna talk shit on Twitter, but we're we're just gonna go in and dance in the ring and play around. Yeah. And, but anyway, but wouldn't it kind of be interesting to use this as a, uh, I don't know, sort of like a, just a system where you bring a guy in who, who has, you know, he's in good shape. He has a wrestling background from high school or whatever college. And you bring him directly into the WWE like world. Okay. You get him accustomed to that. He starts doing some matches there learning to fall to do that shit and then you push him from that to the apex center you got him in the ufc training real hitting pads all this shit and then he goes into the ufc and fights for real he did all this practice fake fighting like steven seagal now <laughs> he gets to, now he gets to do the real thing right like that's better for me that makes it more relevant so i hear what you're saying and i propose uh this i just say when you do sign a fighter and the only um, maybe bring them over, have some of the, the WWE uh, promo guys speak to some of these motherfuckers you're going to put on the camera. Maybe uh, have them cut some vignettes, things like that, do some video editing. But yeah, man, we it would be nice to have better. Actually, you know what? Now thinking about it, I wouldn't even mind having a little bit of WWE type entrances mixed in with uh, some of these guys. Give them some fucking character. And because you know how cool it would be to see a guy run from the back to the fucking octagon, (laughs) jump over and start fucking going. Even Bellator has they've always had like a good entrance setup. Right. But I'm saying the literal physical way that they come out should be allowed. You know what I mean? Why do they got to walk? I'm Holly Holm in my ass all the way into the octagon. But, oh, we got to get our nails checked before we go in. Do that shit in the back. Let them come directly through the cage door, run a lap around the thing and then start swinging at the dude. Right? Ding, ding. Yeah, fucking let's get it. That would be really fun because you know what? That Those were some of the best moments in the, all of wrestling is when a guy would come charging out from the back to help his friend. You just hear, dun, 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 dun. you know, that's of course local Steve Austin. But you get what I mean where it's like there's this music and then here comes this dude and nobody's checking to make sure he's wearing his cup. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. Girls don't have cups, so at least they could run to the kit, right? Yeah. That'll give the, that'll give a female fight a little bit of excitement. <laughs> uh, For the go ahead. All right, let's all right. So let's get into it. We're um, 
this weekend, a uh, UFC 287 at uh, in Miami. So, can right. I just quick shout out to uh, Brendan Schaub who called this merger with the WWE and the UFC? Uh, there, he called the parent company Denver. Denver. Yeah, because he's an idiot. It's Endeavor. <laughs> That's what happens when you go through the UFC. <laughs> so I have an opinion. I'm thinking Vince McMahon. What's he's, wrong with his face? Go ahead. I'm thinking, yeah. But I'm thinking, you know, he was out there for, for a while because all these sexual allegations. And then he snuck his snuck back in. And I'm thinking he sees Dana White on camera like the point man for the UFC. Is why he was probably the one insistent, you know, well, Vince, we'll get more money. We will sell this one. Oh, we'll sell to these guys. Thinking he'll, he'll be the face of the fucking product like Dana White is the face of the UFC. Keep his face out there with his goofy ass looking mustache. It's like Salvador Dali on roids, man. What's going on? Fucking uh, weird. Like somebody, he's got like Latina eyebrows. <laughs> you know, like you just shaved him off and then you yeah. just sharpie. <laughs> Extremely thin mustache. Yeah, it is. Looks, man's never I had mean, a mustache. We, I mean, we've seen the man on TV for like I don't know, forty years or something. <laughs> never, never had facial hair whatsoever. Yeah. How funny is it that? That mustache is specific to two types of guys. A really rich, out-of-his-mind guy, right? Or, you know, the ones that have to register with our government to live in your neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, and to have that type of mustache is two very specific guys. But also could be the same guy, right? Could be a wealthy guy who just likes the company of younger people. Go ahead. <laughs> Uh, it's a gross okay. mustache. Wipe it off because it's not. You didn't grow that. That's like fucking Michael Jackson's beard. You had that. You had each hair surgically implanted. I'm a male. I promise. I'm a male. <laughs> oh, that's not All the right, guy enough. that left under allegations of sexual assault. There's someone else. Let's see. He's got a mustache. Yeah, I'm a different disguise. guy. <laughs> I've matured. Look at yeah, the stash. <laughs> grow a mustache at seventy. Fuck I'm yeah! Matured. Like, and and here's the thing too. The last. The last type of facial hair you want to grow after sexual allegations, dude, is a mustache, right? Like grow mutton chops, fucking uh, fucking unibrow, anything else but just a mustache. Because now you look even creepier, man. No one's, no one's ever threw a mustache on way late in the game of their life and been like, fuck yeah, dude, you nailed it. Look at Tom Selleck and Burt Reynolds. They had to commit to that forever. And if they wanted to shave it, they couldn't. Because now without the mustache, you're creepy. All right, let's go, man. What do we got first? All right, we, we got-, got Jacqueline Amarina versus Sam Hughes. All right, Amarina, 6-0. She's 27. Uh, all her wins are in the first round. She's a big-time grappler. One knockout win, five submission wins. Here's the problem. She's only faced one opponent with a winning record. That person was 4-3. and three. Everyone else she's faced is... Terrible. So we have no idea, you know, if she's any good. All right. Sam Hughes, seven and five. I you know this. Well, hey, let me before you go. Ahead. What's her streak right now? Is she got two in a row? Well, I know she's, she's two and four in the UFC, but I'll uh, I'll let you in on. She she yeah. actually just lost two. She had one two in a row, but she just lost her last fight. Okay, so this is weird. They're putting her up against a nobody. Yeah. Ow, ow. It's not good. This might be sort of. You know, the end of the whole road there. Well, Sam Hughes, I just don't understand it. Because some fights, she looks like pure trash. Like Luma Look Booney, uh, Pin Pinhera. But then 
uh, Elise Reed, maybe Elise Reed's just fucking terrible. She destroyed Elise Reed, throwing elbows, punches until the fight was stopped. That's sort of what I'm referring to. It's like we can see this, you know, the golden side of what is Sam Hughes, and then it's just not there sometimes. So if she does win this, it's going to be because she has to, and that's it. You know what I mean? I don't know how much it's going to move her anywhere, but she just has to win. She can't beat. A, she can't go in there and lose to this no name and, and expect to get a contract. All right, this next fight, uh, I'm gonna butcher his name. It's like Shylin, uh, Nora, Dan, Beaky. Anyway, he's <laughs> facing Steve Garcia. At least they give me a normal name to say Steve Garcia. All right. First thing I notice here, on my uh, the ESPN or this is just Google, I guess it says Shah Yilan, S H A Y L A N. Okay, yeah. Y-I-L-A-N. This dude's 28, and he has 49 fights. Yes. Sorry, Steve. <laughs> That's the name of the episode. Sorry, Steve. Well, Write it down. I mean, I don't know. This guy, you know, his his record's kind of inflated because he's, he's, like, fought over in those Chinese organizations against relatively no names. Oh, what do you mean, Sam? The place where mixed martial arts, martial arts itself started? <laughs> Right, we know Bruce Lee created all this. Uh, and he's got 19 knockout wins, 10 submission wins, uh, and, and you know he come over here and he's three and one in the UFC. So it's not like he's uh, you know fighting against trash over here. He's three and one in the UFC. He's won 10 of his last 12. Uh, he has been submitted six times though, knocked out twice. You think Steve Garcia is going to be the one to get him in an anaconda? Uh, that's a, anaconda. Say it right. I'm going to hit no, myself. Probably not because. Uh, Steve Garcia, 13 and 5, 10 knockouts, three decision wins. He has won six of his last seven, and five of those were via knockout. So, um, I, yeah, I, who knows, man? Who, who fucking knows? Uh, this, this should be interesting. I like it. I'm not mad at it, but I didn't know that this kid was 28 and had that many goddamn fights. <laughs> yeah. You don't see that. Yeah. All right, uh, next up, I'll do this one for you. All right. Uh, Ignacio uh, Bahamond, Bahamond, there you go, versus Trey Ogden, uh, 25, whoops, uh, yeah, Ignacio, 25, uh, Trey, 33, and Ignacio with a massive height advantage being 6'2 to the 5'9 Ogden, obviously got some reach on him, and this kid's nasty, man, I don't know what this catch weight is, okay, it says 155 for both of them, so I'd imagine probably 165, something like that. Somewhere around there, unless they both are real thin. If I get one forty, like so, so you know, I got one sixty catch weight. Okay, so uh, Ignacio, he's on a streak. Am I wrong? He's got two in a row, maybe three in a row right now in the UFC. One, okay. I know he's two and one in the UFC. Okay, two and one. Who did he lose to? Decision? I don't uh, remember. Well, he has won his last two. He had lost to uh, the John uh, Mcdessey, and that was a split decision. So, okay. and John Mcdessey's not around anymore, anyway. So. Do we really count it? I'm just kidding. I'm sure he is, but he's Canadian. So do we really count it? I'm sorry. Keep going. But uh, yeah, I mean, he's his last two wins were well, his last two fights were finished wins. So yeah. that's I how mean, that's how I remember him is from the contender series. I think it was a longer fight, or maybe it was a refresh my memory on Ignacio's contender series fight. I beat uh, Edson Gomez. Was it quick, uh, or it did a, it take a little bit? It was bit a second round. It was, it was a front kick knockout. Yeah, I remember being a kick. Yeah. So you remember guys like this. That body type, it's no joke, man. Especially at these lower weights. You know, 185s and below. 
It's nasty. You know what's weird is his last fight was a catchweight one six, but that was because his opponent missed weight. Maybe uh, did somebody drop out? Doesn't yeah. matter. Let's not get it too deep. Yeah, I think it looks like Trey Trey Ogden was a a, a late replacement. That's why this is one catchweight. But Ogden, he's got you know eleven submission wins. This would be the classic, you know, striker versus submission guy. Ogden's going to try to take him down. He's got eleven submission wins. Four of his last fights, uh, one's four of his last five fights, and that loss was a split decision to uh, Jordan Levitt. So, you know, he's a tough cookie himself. But is he going to be able to get Ignacio down? Uh, in my opinion, probably not. Yeah, I think uh, this might be a kick. Another kick finish. We'll see. I do like the next matchup, though. This is very fun. This is very fun. We get to see Lupi back again. 8-3, uh, Lupi Godinez versus 9-5-1, uh, and one, Cynthia Calvillo. What do you got, man? Who's who's on a streak right now? So Calvillo's Lupi. lost her last four fights. Who? Calvillo. Yeah, Cynthia that makes Calvillo. sense. Lost, lost her last four. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I tell you. It's not like Loopy's doing doing all that great either. I mean, she's she's just fighting a lot. She's fighting she a lot. Um, <laughs> you know, decision in in nine of her, uh, uh, you know, out of her eleven fights she's been in, nine have gone have been decisions. She fights. Uh, uh, she just grapples people up against the cage, yep. and I say cut the loser this fight. I mean, I would say most of the <laughs> most of these fights, pick one or the other. You know what I mean? <laughs> Winner loser. Goodbye. I would I would go with uh, Loopy just to hold her up against the cage if I had to pick if I you know me personally I had to pick of this fight to win yeah to win win by just grappling with her up and it just seems like she just holds people up against the damn cage not even gonna cut Calvillo either they just they need these female fighters to have a name yeah. you know like Chase Sherman um <laughs> we'll get to him yeah Actually, what else we got. I guess we'll get to him right now. Because yeah, he's it's canceled is all I got on my shit. He was supposed to fight Chris Barnett. Yeah. Um, no, he's going to fight Carl Williams now. Carl Williams, think? he was the uh, guy who was on the uh, Contender Series. And um, he's got three knockout wins, five decision wins. Uh, he had eight takedowns in, in his last fight. And Chase Sherman, one thing we know about him, he stays as far away from the ground as humanly possible. Yeah, he's not into that. <laughs> not at all. Wrestling so. shit, you know? Terrible. But yeah, this this guy, he was on the Contender Series uh, last year. And like, I, some I remember him. Uh, I think Dana White was like going back and forth whether he was going to take him or not. It was just a decision when he had and he, he eventually took him. But you know, then he came to UFC in uh, just last month, uh, won a fight via decision. Because he's replacing uh, Chris Barnett. You know, that would have been a fun fight to see Chris Barnett against Chase Sherman. It's a damn yeah. shame that fight's not happening. I think he would have been a problem for Chase. <laughs> Carl's going to be a problem still, but... Yeah, but at least that would have been some stand-up, pure striking. You know, <laughs> a good a good actual fight fight. Right. 100% agree. It's a shame that that happens, but it's like... Being a fan of this shit for so long, we're we're used to it. Where it's almost like just as long as you fucking fill the spot, somebody come, and that's why that's why I cried when Donald Cerrone retired because guys like that aren't around. You know what I mean? Air five through the internet. <laughs> uh, middleweight belt next: Gerald Mearshart versus uh, Joseph Pfeiffer. All right, so uh, Pfeiffer, man, this is the guy 
who he's been on a roll lately. He was came on the contender series and he was winning the fight and he was like dropped and landed weird on his elbow and uh, was out for a while and he came back and then uh, I think it was the first maybe the first episode of the season was just boring and shit all decisions and he came on and really beat the hell out of his guy and, and Dana White was like everyone be like Joe Pfeiffer you know so this guy um, he's he's been on a roll uh, since since he's came back uh, he's won three fights by knockout and uh, Mearshart I mean this guy he's gonna t- try to take him down he's got 27 submission wins. Yeah, I, so, I don't know, man. I feel like he's a small. I feel like Joe's going to be a little too small for Gerald. This dude, this he's a big guy. Yeah. You know, he's like got a block head. You know, Cam's that found it. <laughs> you know, but well, I do know one thing is, is Dana White is extremely high on Pfeiffer. I know. I bet he is. He was the guy that fucking turned around the contender series for us. Remember yeah. that? Sh- there you go. So you do remember that. <laughs> he, he blew it up. I mean, there was, there was a couple for sure on that, but he was noticeably. Like, I'm hungry, dude. Literally, I need food. I need to make some money. Daddy needs bologna sandwiches. You know what I mean? Like that that was the aggression that he had. Yeah. And I like that style. But Gerald is is I mean, he's a meerkat, right? <laughs> That's his thing. And he fights sort of like that. He has great bursts. He's he's sort of explosive. When he wants to take a proper position, he will. If he has an advantage, he, he'll lean into it heavy. But all that takes is one or two stoppers. You know, stoppers. What am I? Oh, God. I, I fell earlier, guys. Uh, a couple stops. Keep him from taking him down once or twice, and Gerald's going to attempt to stand. Yeah, well, and I'll tell you, uh, I'll probably jinx this by saying this, but this should not go to a fucking decision. Now, I said that with a lot of fights on that last card, and just about every fight went to this. But on paper... This should not be going to a decision. I think that the performance we saw Gerald have against Kamzat is any kind of sign that something like that could happen with Pfeiffer because it was just pressure. In in most, I, at least from what I can remember, most of Gerald's fights, Mearshart's fights, if he's the aggressor, he'll win. But if he's being kept up against the fence, you have that minimal space to shoot. It's a little bit easier to see it coming. You know, the, the, the directionally, at least, right? Mm. Can Pfeiffer, you know, have that same type type of an outcome because of that? If he's going to, if he fights like he did on the contender series and puts that pressure, forces him to, you know, fight his fight. Would Gerald, even though he's a veteran, because that's my, that's really what's bugging me is the fact that he's a veteran. Would, yeah. I don't know, because you see that. He, that cams, that thing was just, up as, was that such a fluke? <laughs> you know what I mean? Or did he fall and crumble from the pressure, not just because of who he was? But maybe that's also the same thing with Pfeiffer. If Dana White's like this fucking guy, Gerald's going to be like, well, fuck that. I'm the fucking guy. You know, does something happen? Yeah, I, I mean, know. you know, you got I'll a point. And, and Pfeiffer, you know, out of his two losses, one was with that, that injury I talked about. And the, the only other loss he has was he was caught in a, a guillotine choke. So, okay. so maybe Gerald knows him. that, but he's fought two guys now that have been sort of Dana White's friends, you know, his, his future Hall of Famers. And... The last time it didn't go so well. Was it the pressure that Cam's that was putting on him or the literal pressure from Dana White and the company and the organization itself? It's like, dude, I'm a fucking veteran. Why am I fighting the new guys? Yeah, yeah. Because he's, he's relatively kid. young, isn't he? 35. All right, 35. Mm-hmm. Not going to get a title run? No, he's 
He's gatekeeper's keeper status for some reason. Down with Pfeiffer, who's uh, 26. Now here's Gerald coming in, sleeps him, knocks him out. I mean, he could. That's why we do this, it Sam, because of that shit. Because it could happen. Yeah, definitely. You're like, there could be a fire in the middle of the octagon. You're like, fucking yeah. <laughs> Anything could happen. fall down and hit his head on the steps on the way. Dude, absolutely. He could wrap his toes and have him snipped apart like John Jones. That was a fucking weird thing to happen before the fight. <laughs> Everybody focused so hard on that. It's like, yeah, because he broke. You remember when he ripped his toe around and fucked it all up? Uh, yeah. Probably try to avoid that the next time. <laughs> like, it's like when I, the, the fourth time that I rolled my ankle playing basketball, I did start wearing proper shoes. <laughs> you know what I mean? You take the precautions, man. But they were like, nah, you'll be all right. We can skip the next fight, right? <laughs> so Michelle Waterson versus uh, Luana Pinheira. All right, Waterson, golly, she's lost four of her last five. And then that win that she had in that was a split decision over Angela Hill. So, all right, her her last finish, 2016. Okay, pin here. Uh, her only loss was a split decision. That was in 2017. This is a step up in competition for her. Uh, she has wins over Randy Marcos and Sam Hughes. But, you know... What, this is Waterson's 37. She'll come in a fight, and you'll see her do... You know, I'm going to equate her to Frank Shamrock. She'll come in, throw a couple flashy karate kicks, and then next thing you know, she's on the ground. Oh, th- this is the bit. fight... The fight between her and Angela Hill was the fight that I had that rant about how they just look like they know what they They look like they're fighting in an action movie. <laughs> yeah, I remember you saying they, that the, now. The punches are clean. The the shots, the way that they throw them is all proper, but there's no power. There's no speed. There's no emphasis. It's insane. You're like, you guys look like you're just playing in that. What is this? Are you going 20%? This isn't sparring, bitch. Go win a title. You know what I mean? And she can't keep calling herself the karate hottie when she's got a fucking haircut like a Dragon Ball Z, you know? <laughs> Come on, man. All right. Kevin Gastelum versus Chris Curtis. And she's 37. What? Yeah, she's... <laughs> Like, the, all of them are. All of them are. Like, Misha Tate should have just stuck around. You know what I mean? She could have been running the division at this point. All right. All right. Gastelum versus Chris Curtis, the action man. Gastelum, 16 and 8. All right. I looked at his last finish. That was against Michael Bisping back in 2017. Okay. Now, I'm not going to hate on him, but all right. Chris, Chris Curtis. Uh, this guy came in out of PFL and just immediately is dropping people. 17 knockout wins. He's won nine of his last 10. And that last fight, it was the, the Jack Hermison, the, well, the, his last loss. All right. And this that loss, you know, if if anyone had watched, you know, that was that was like a template on how to beat Chris Curtis. You know, he fought Buckley afterwards and knocked out Buckley. But Hermison... He, I think he figured out something about Chris Curtis. He's more of a counter puncher. He's going to stand in front of you, wait for you to strike, and then knock the living crap out of you. So Jack Hermison was walking in, hit him, back up, let him go around him, come back in, hit him. And Curtis was like, it was like he was flustered, man. He didn't, he didn't chase him around the octagon. He kind of just like, like throw his hands up. He didn't know what to fucking do, but he was getting lit up and he wouldn't fire back. So, wait, that's that's the remnants of uh, old fucking Will, William Knight, you know, <laughs> couldn't figure out how to get it going. Yeah, well, 
You know, his that, that was one on that fight. Cutlet. That was one fight, and he's looked great other than that. So, you know, if Kevin Gastelum stands in front of him, Chris Curtis is liable to knock him out. Well, I think that is very true, and I think it goes both ways, though. I think they both have that very particular counterpuncher type of style. It's a matter of which one's going to be aggressive, and I do lean more towards Curtis because of Kelvin's just experience with these top-level guys, but this is huge for Curtis. If he could come in mm-hmm. and clean up uh, Gastelum, he's, he's next in line, man. He's right up there. Well, I'm going to tell you, Curtis had a problem with the pay-per-view of this next fight being above his fight because this is the end of the preliminary card and next we have the main card where very ugly 18-year-old Raul Rosos Jr. is on there above Chris Curtis. It's on the main card versus Christian Rodriguez. Who's Christian Rodriguez? No one knows who he is. And the only reason anyone knows who this guy is is because it was made a big deal about how he was 18 years old. Gross. I just can't. I can't. I can't anymore. It's so mean. And Sam just draws it out of me. He makes me fucking lose it with this kid. He just, when you say the name, I'm like, ah, oh, it sounds like a fighter guy. And then I look, I'm like, it's that fucking kid again. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You can't in a smash his face because it won't look like it. He's already, his face can't get any uglier. He's the type of guy that could take no shots in a fight and still look like he got his ass whooped in the end. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Well, he's going to come Rod- in and go straight for a fucking takedown. What, what, this is what they did. They put him against a guy. and they, I, I swear, I think they look and they say, we got this 18-year-old. Who does he have the best chance against? And they go, well, we got Christian Rodriguez. He is 8-1. and one. They say, well, 8-1, and one? shit, I don't know about that. He's He might have a chance of beating him. Well, he didn't look too great against Jonathan Pierce. Jonathan Pierce, who was a wrestler, known for his wrestling. Uh, uh, beat him. So, oh, okay, cool. You know, this 18-year-old, he's got wrestling skills. That's what he does. He comes in, fucking takes you down. So, yeah, they they got a lot riding on this kid, uh, and they, they don't want him to lose. You know, the one thing that I just think would change the way this kid fights is a proper slam. <laughs> one one good slam <laughs> from grown a man adult, you know? And he's going to stop being so quick to, or a fucking knee as he's coming in, dude. Oh, because remember, Michael Venom Page cracked that dude's skull. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. On some Cyborg shit like that. Skull. So go ahead. Keep thinking that the takedown is all is the you're not. He's kind of like their um, Sage Dwarf cut back in the day when they like. They, uh, yeah, man, he's been doing karate since he was like 12. And here he is. And then. You know, they, you know what they do with this kid. They're like, we don't want it to end up like that, where we fucking uh, had him face competition too soon. Yeah. So we're going to find non-wrestlers and, and have him in there. Give him easy fine. wins, tomato cans, so that way he doesn't get CTE by the time he's 32. Uh, then the Walter Waite bout, who who knows it's going to even happen, if it's going to end up being a catchweight. Kevin Holland, uh, Santiago. Anzanibio. Yeah, there you go. Bail me out on there. Kevin Holland, we know the story with this guy. Uh, we know so much. I I didn't even write any fucking thing down for him. Just he's finished. He was finished in his last two fights. And we we know he has trouble with, with wrestling. He's got uh and his last two fights he's had trouble. The last fight, then I remember the corner threw in the towel. 
against Wonderboy Thompson. He gets very frustrated. If things aren't going his way, he gets frustrated. Sometimes he runs his mouth. But Santiago, 16 knockout wins, 6 submission wins. He has been knocked out three times. Is UFC like, right, let's find someone that's been knocked out a couple times. Maybe Holland can knock him out. But he usually keeps the fight standing. Uh, he did have a, does have a, those six submission wins, his last submission win was in 2012. So I don't think we worry about that. But he has lost three of his last five. So, you know, maybe the UFC is like, we're going to put him against someone that's going to be a, a stand-up fight and, and see what happens. Yeah, somebody who's got height and reach on. Yeah, a lot of fucking reach, almost 10 inches. Almost 10 inches. You understand what that means? That's a lot. That's <laughs> fucking too much. Uh, uh, who else could he fight, though? What would be? I mean, you're going to change of opponent and go George Masvidal, so that way Gilbert Burns' uh, possible winning of this, getting a title shot, you know? Does that, yeah. Why would you – know, George isn't going to leave the fight. So what is he saying? Ponzanibio is going to have to leave and they'll, they'll find someone else? It's, yeah. it's very confusing. I don't know. I, I was thinking – because he's, he's talking, uh, yeah, the opponent's going to have opponent change in that six-second little video. And then all of a sudden he's uh, trying to fight with uh, Masvidal in, in the hotel. So I'm thinking maybe if his fight's off, he's trying to start up some shit with Masvidal, hoping that, hey, they'll switch switch us uh, around. Who knows? Who knows what he, that man is thinking? Or he's like anybody else who's like, yeah, this guy is easy to get going. How, no, how's Masvidal on the scales? Is he easy... Is he usually make weight no problem? Absolutely. Okay. He's not. That's what I thought. No, no matter what these people have conjured up on Twitter or wherever the fuck else, social media and stuff about this dude, Street Jesus and shit. Yeah, he does do that because that's real. That shit's real to him. It's really real to him. But he is a mixed martial artist through and through. He he's ready to go always. Have you ever seen him not like give out on a fight? Never. George is very much like Donald Cerrone. You know, he works at this camp. Watch the documentary on him, man. They did this whole long thing on this kid for the UFC, and you're like, I didn't. I felt the way that you did before I watched it. I was like, the fucking guy doesn't really give a shit. <laughs> and you never see him. You know, he's legit. He's as legit as they come. So uh, let's talk Adrian Yanez, Rob Font. All right, yeah. Uh, Font, eight knockouts, four submission wins. Uh, and, you know, out, out of – he's 19 and 6 – you know, he's only been finished one time. That was a, a submission loss. But he has lost his last two coming in here. Uh, Jose Aldo and then Marlon Vera kind of, uh, how, how could he even, it seems like he broke him in that fight when he fought Marlon Vera in his last fight. So I'm kind of curious to see how Rob Font will respond. Yeah, I agree. Because uh, Yanez is, he's no joke. I think he's on a six fight win streak, something like this. Uh, he, he's, at- he's won his last nine. His okay. last loss was in 2018. Uh, Adrian, I apologize for that incorrect stat. You're the only one that I would do that for because I respect you. I've yeah. seen him on Twitter quite a bit. Awesome dude. Um, yeah, man, he's a problem. He's a problem for the division. He's a problem for anybody that he faces, and I think that that goes anywhere. Yeah, I mean, so the that uh, fight back in 2018, that was a split decision to Miles John, and then his loss before that was a split decision. So, I mean, the, the guy's got three losses. They're all decisions, and two of them are split. So Could have won them. And he's beaten Randy Costa, Davey Grant, Tony Kelly, his last three. Yeah, man, uh, you know, Rob Font, he's one of those guys. He's like, uh, 
I don't know if he's. I I think I think Yana is gonna push the pace. You think that's gonna be the what? Yeah, I know? think he's gonna push the pace. Raw Font kind of back foot. It it doesn't. I mean, he's got eight knockout wins, but it doesn't seem like he has that much power on each punch. You know what I'm saying? Like that Marlon Vera fight. How many times did he he struck Vera clean? I don't know how many times. Like it didn't do shit to him. That's true. But again, look who who, who we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Adrian's sort of the same way though, so I can get your your hesitation. You know, he's gonna take those shots, and you're gonna take harder shots. So we'll see. I like the matchup though. But hopefully the next one happens. I don't know what's going on with that. Sam brought it up already. We're talking about the George Masvidal thing. And he's supposed to be fighting Gilbert Burns. Jorge Masvidal, 35 and 16. Gilbert Burns, 21 and 5. Now, this guy's already made. They both have already went up there and attempted to get that belt. You know? And it just didn't work. It's what's different now because it's Leon Edwards. And like me and Sam discussed... The storyline is perfect for Jorge Masvidal, Leon Edwards for the belt. Because why? That's where the term three-piece in a soda came from. And you can find that in our merch store. Uh, <laughs> News to me. Yeah, uh, the merch store. The link somewhere. It's out there. Um, he's 38, though. You know what I mean? Coming up towards the end, 36 for Gilbert Burns. Which one of these guys, you know, is it really worth seeing go for the belt again? So the story. Selby the story. George, come in here and beat Gilbert. Do it in a fascinating way. Make people happy that you did. You're going to sell the fight even more against uh, Leon because you look like a threat if you come in here and catch a finish, right? If you just get a decision win, you're not selling me. I don't yeah. think you're selling anybody. I hear you. The, here's the thing that, that scares me about this. That Well, it scares me, but about Masvidal, he, uh I see him at the press conference. And he's already saying that if he loses, he's probably just going to hang it up. And it's just like, I don't know, man. He just, usually he's full of fucking confidence. There would be no, this isn't a guy I ever see like, like, yeah, you know, if I lose this, it's probably the end of the line. I'll probably just retire. I don't know. I don't like the body language on that. <laughs> so. Look, man, that's a good move when you're right around the division and where you could possibly get a Connor fight. You see what I'm saying? Huh? That sells. Jorge Masvidal, Conor McGregor. You're not 155, 170. You're not. You're not intri- You're not intrigued. Yeah, uh, yeah, that would be. Uh, I-, I could see that happening. Storylines there. The huh? shit talking would be there. No, the shit talking would be fantastic. Exactly, and you bring Conor. Uh, dude, imagine Jorge's people and Conor's. Come on, man. We're riding it ourselves. <laughs> so Conor's got to go in and. <laughs> Conor's got to go in and finish Chandler. If that even happens, if that fight yeah, happens. Who knows if that's going to happen. But if what I'm saying is that if George was to just give it up, they if they slip a contract that says Conor McGregor on it, his direction, oh, I think he'd come back. Because I think Conor wants that BMF title, son. At the very least, of all the championships available, you think Conor wouldn't want that one? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Get that money fight, George. That's all I'm saying. All right, Alex Fajera, we've seen it done before, versus Israel Adesanya. It's a rematch. What could he possibly do? The only Here's what it is. The, sorry for stepping on you. No, no. But here's the only thing. <laughs> what happened? I don't know. It didn't have any audio there. Oh, uh, me? Yeah, yeah. Am I back now? Yeah, you're back now. Let me know when I'm good. You're good. You're good. Well, the only thing that I could say that would be po- like something that would help 
guarantee a win. Izzy has to come in for a finish within the first three rounds. That's it. Yeah. Finish him in the first 15. And you got your belt back, guy. But if you let yourself fucking get to And imagine, because remember, he brought Chuck Liddell in. Alex Fajara brought Chuck Liddell in. Is he going to be more aggressive this time with his strikes? I mean, he's a kickboxer. He's very well-rounded, super powerful, chin of stone. Izzy has to do something he has not done before, something they've not seen. Paulo Costa's one thing. Whitaker's one thing. Jared Cannonier's one thing. But if Kelvin Gastelum gave you your toughest fight to date, besides Fajera, it might be done. It might be done. You might be looking at a 170. I mean, Fajera's it's in this guy's head. He has to be. He's the only person that's knocked him out. In sports and, history, yeah. there's been nothing like this. And and not just once, but in a whole other uh, organization. In almost the same way. What, the first fight, I believe, was ended in, in like a late round. And he caught him sort of against the cage. Dude, to have, a, to have it happen. Izzy was up and, on all three judges had it three to one for Izzy. Yes, because he was working. Mm-hmm. He was working. But he wasn't. he needs to do the damage. He needs to hurt him. Early, you have to get him on his back foot. You got to get this man on the ground and submit his ass. That's what I'm saying. This I would man like is, that. I would like that. What's this the man has not game been like? tested hey. on the ground. I True, mean, his first remember, ever remember. MMA fight. I mean, this guy hasn't been around forever. He's only he's been around kickboxing, but MMA. But he trains. He trains with Glover Teixeira. That's a ground specialist, yeah, my friend. And nice. they brought in Chuck Liddell. And what was Chuck Liddell so good at? What made him so good? His takedown defense. He made you have to strike with him. He made you. Look at any fight. You were not taking that man down. He made you have to stand there and throw punches. And what's the best thing for Fajera? Well, stand here and throw punches with me. Yeah, <laughs> That's it. Yeah, I'm not trying to throw punches with that guy. I'm going to try my damnness to get him to the ground. I'm telling you, he has to. But then the thing is, is the size difference is insane. Like just the overall mass that Fajera has on him is insane. The guy is, uh, he's chiseled from top to bottom, his jaw, his forehead, everything about, it's just, who who carved this guy? You're like, oh, Paul Acosta was a fucking specimen at one point, but this thing is, is, you know, uh, predator level. Like the physique of what the predator had when he came after Schwarzenegger. It's like, yeah, Schwarzenegger was intimidating, but look at this fucking alien thing. <laughs> Where does he work out? You know, Fajera doesn't even seem human. He does. So this and, and I mean, the, the amount of power he possesses is, is just insane amount. Dude, and to take all the shots that he did, it's going to be a beautiful, beautiful uh, second fight. I, I hope to God. That's, it, it, the only way I want to see a third is if Izzy gets it back. Otherwise, don't do it. Yeah. You fight some of the, you know. Well, if Izzy wins, it's definitely, there's the trio. Yep. <laughs> so, Sold the storyline. Sure. Check the show notes, guys. It says stuff in this show. Don't leave it to the judges. 